And now it's time to get a unique slant on current events from your favorite half-Asian couple. Get ready to know what's happening in the world today with your host, Shane and Nico. Hey, hey, hey. What's happening? I am Shane. And I'm Nico. And we're going to be giving you a unique slant on the world today. Right? Are you Obama? <laughs> I'm going to be giving you a unique slant on the world today. Oh my God! Stop. <laughs> um, it's not really a unique slant though, because we've got a guest today. Oh yeah, so that's we right. won't be talking much. Yeah, well, I wasn't even talking almost at all. Yeah, so if you want to hear Nico talk, this is not the episode. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, but yeah, so our guest today is T.J. Roberts of the Liberty Institute of Freedom and Economics, otherwise known as Life. That's right, and he wrote an article entitled Venezuela needs to sort itself without American intervention. Basically, given the, uh, you know, his opinion that America shouldn't be intervening in Venezuela's affairs. Because, uh, you know, as some you have... Because some you have... Yeah. Because as some of you may know, that's as I was trying to say, the Trump administration is uh, kind of, you know, they endorsed some other guy as president, uh, Guaido, Juan Guaido. As an inter- interim president, right? Yeah, something like that. And the actual president, the elected president, I believe he's elected. I'm pretty sure he's elected. Yeah, Maduro. Yeah, Maduro. He's like, oh, hell no. Uh-uh, I ain't doing that. I ain't, I ain't leaving my post. So this whole thing's just kind of crazy and it's ridiculous. So we had TG on to kind of... Not only give his opinion on it, but kind of make sense of what's happening over there. Yeah, and break down the situation in a easy to understand way. Right. And so, without any further delay, here is our guest, T.J. Roberts. And before we get started, you can buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com/hapusupremacy or on Patreon at patreon.com/hapusupremacy, or you can donate to our PayPal at paypal.me slash supremacy Or you can buy a t-shirt and other merchandise at teespring.com slash stores slash supremacy You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Petit Nikoko. And you can follow Shane at Shane Scalf. Also, you can support us by subscribing to our channel on YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash supremacy all of the links for all the things we discussed will be in the description. All right. We are here with uh, TJ Roberts. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about your article that he had written in uh, the freedomandeconomics.org website. I believe, is that your, that's your website, correct? Um, it is the website for the nonprofit of which I am a vice president for. Yes. Oh, okay. Nice. And uh, I was actually forwarded. Uh, this article by Scott Horton. So uh, thank you so much, Scott, for this. Um, so the whole article is basically uh, talking about what's going on in Venezuela and the Trump administration and their basically their whole intervention. Um, but can you give us a little overview on your article and uh, how you feel about it? Yeah, absolutely. So the title of the article is Venezuela Needs to Sort Itself Without American Intervention. So the case that I'm making is that it's a general case for sovereignty. It's that Venezuela has the right to rule itself 
And any form of American intervention in this is unacceptable. It is America attempting to further build an empire. And ultimately, that Venezuela does not need it. America doesn't need Venezuela. They don't need to intervene. And that Juan Guiado, the, uh, the person that Donald Trump recognizes the president, doesn't really need the support of, uh, of Donald Trump or of the United States of America for it. It's basically just a case for a non-interventionist foreign policy on behalf of the United States to return to what our foreign policy was in the beginning and what it ought to be right now. Now, some people would probably confuse non-intervention with isolationism because I see that all the time, and I'm sure you do too. Yes. Um, so can you kind of tell us the difference between why it would be a non-interventionist policy that you're advocating as opposed to an isolationist policy? Well, sure. So we can look to the history of what isolationism was. Isolationism was a blatant hostility to other nations, to any form of engagement with them whatsoever. So isolationists don't support trade. I, however, believe in complete and total free trade. I believe that any individual has the right to trade with any other individual, regardless of where those two people live. Um, there's one example. In addition, you could make the case that the neoconservative foreign policy we have right now is the true modern isolationism because it separates America from the rest of the world because America is attempting to impose its will on the entire world. This is something that's morally unacceptable to a vast majority of the people in the world. This leads to America and Americans becoming pariahs in these societies. It's actually separating us from this. I actually just talked about that in an article today about how sanctions truly are isolationist, even though these so-called advocates of globalization use these, uh, are advocates of sanctions all the time. However, we can see that what we allow for is we allow for good relations with different nations by respecting the sovereignty of individuals and by not pursuing an empire. So this is not isolationism in the slightest. In fact, I would argue that we would have a more globalized world. We would have a world that recognizes peace and voluntary interaction as its foundation, not isolation. Yeah, you mentioned uh, your article about uh, sanctions. The title of that article is Sanctions Contribute to the Collapse of the Dollar. So I'll go ahead and link that as well with the article that we're talking about as well. Um, so with sanctions and basically just like trade in general, it seems like the main reason uh, or at least one of the main reasons that they're doing this in Venezuela. And John Bolton just plainly said it on news, you know, a couple of days ago, or whatever, basically saying we're there for the oil and, you know, business, you know, it's businesses looking at this, like, this is a big opportunity for us. And it's kind of weird that now it's just out there playing as day. Hey, we're there for the oil. Not, they're not trying to hide it now. They're just out in the open, you know, and I guess you can kind of say that's one of the things about having Donald Trump as president, that people are now more willing to kind of just, well, I'm just going to say it because, whatever you know what i what i have to lose donald trump's in the office so who cares right, right. so it's, it's it's kind of interesting how everything's kind of like the dynamics change in terms of people just blatantly saying oh um you know the wmds are there you know like with uh, all the other foreign wars that we've been into in middle east especially you know all these lies whatever so do you think this whole thing with the oil do you think it's just another uh like i don't know like another um i don't know what the word would be but just another, um, I don't know, like 
some reason that they they that they need to do this because of just the oil, the petrodollar. Do you think there's other reasons as well that are doing this, or do you think that's the only reason? I think that's a big reason, and I think that's John Bolton's big reason. But I also do think that it is a power play. It's the United States attempting to make sure that they have a full global sphere of influence. Because if you look into what Venezuela has in terms of its relations, it's on relatively good relations with Russia right now. So Maduro and Putin have relatively have a relatively stable relationship. And that leads to some problems to say that they could argue that Russia is having influence within South America. So for the United States to have that control of this entire region, they're going to attempt to have regime change. In fact, you could make the argument that they've been training in Guaido for years on this. In fact, Guaido and several other members of the Popular Will Party, back whenever they were still students, they went to, um, I believe it was Croatia, to, for, uh, for training in terms of how to flip a regime within their own country. It's the same training that happened with all the other color revolutions during the 21st century as well. So it's definitely a power play. It's attempting to find governments that will bend its needs the United States and do as it says, or will be replaced by one that does. And ultimately, that's what the neoconservative world order is looking for. It's looking for a global empire under the American flag. It's also weird, too, that uh, with all this Russian collusion talk or whatever, you know, how Donald Trump's a puppet of Putin and Russia, and yet this whole intervention in Venezuela is literally the opposite of what a puppet of Russia would be doing because like you said, Russia and Venezuela, especially the leaders have, you know, they have this good relationship or whatever, but he's doing this complete like opposite thing. So if he's a puppet of, of Vladimir Putin, Donald Trump's doing a very bad job of it. Oh, absolutely. He would be the worst puppet that, that Vladimir Putin has ever had. Let's think about the, all the times that he's imposed sanctions on Russia. Mm-hmm. Let's, ta- let's talk about this incident right now where there are Russian special forces on the ground in Venezuela right now, and yet America is still putting pressure on Maduro, has already frozen all assets and transferred them to Guaido. So it's the, very much showing that Donald Trump is not Putin's puppet. So can you kind of tell us a little bit about Maduro and and who this guy is because and you know how long he's been in power? Because... Some, you know, they hear the name Maduro or Guaido. They don't really know who Maduro is. So can I kind of give a little overview on who Maduro is? Uh, yeah. So Maduro is Chavez's, um, is Chavez's uh, is a successor. He was his minister of foreign affairs from 2006 to 2013. He became vice president from, in 2012, and he ultimately became the president of Venezuela in 2013. So he is, of course, part of the United Socialist Party and was a member of the Fifth Republic movement. So he's your traditional Marxist. But let's t- let's take a look at like what Venezuela was before. Ultimately, there's never been a time in which Venezuela's oil wasn't owned by the Venezuelan government. It's always been that way. Chavez just had a different means of distribution. Believe that this should come into. Uh, it should be, benefit all the people and not just the, uh, the extremely wealthy. So Maduro largely continued that. However, Chavez and Maduro did more than just that. They heavily increased taxes. They confiscated land. They ultimately turned Venezuela into a socialist hellhole. And right now we have a million percent inflation. 
in Venezuela. We have a catastrophic hunger problem in Venezuela as well. We're having riots on the streets. We can talk about the legitimacy of these, but ultimately these aren't good people either. But however, I promise you that nothing good can come from from American intervention. Now, Guaido is a member of the Popular Will Party, and what he is doing is at, he is attempting to take power through, I believe it's Article 23 of their constitution. I could be wrong about the specific number of it. Um, however, they're, what he is, is he's more of a social democrat. He believes in a market economy. He still believes that the government should own the, should own the oil. So is he better than the status quo? Yeah. Does he still have his problems? Absolutely. And those problems get even worse whenever you realize that he's probably working under the approval of the American CIA. So what would be the reason then that the Trump administration and the U.S. government in general are so behind uh, Guaido? I would say it would be largely due to oil, as John Bolton said. So he still believes it should be nationalized. However, John Bolton has explicitly stated that he wants American investment in that region, while I don't believe Guaido has come in and explicitly said that he wants them to. I, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if he supports this. So it's ultimately that Guaido has been trained by Americans to, for regime change. And in addition to this, he has he has the policies that align more with the American neoliberal world order. And also, he is more than likely just going to do whatever America tells him to do. So in your article, you mentioned um, some U.S.-backed coups that in Chile and also um, in other South American countries like Brazil. Um, can you give us kind of like an overview of that? Because I don't think a lot of people know about that. Sure. So a few of them that I mentioned were, so in particular, the one that interests me the most is Argentina. Uh, the reason why I'm so interested in that one is I actually spent a month in Argentina looking at the political economy of it and how its dictatorship has still affected it. So let's talk about what happened in Argentina. They had a junta which ultimately killed 30,000 people simply for not supporting the dictatorship. That was from 1976 until 1983. Uh, this was under the direct advisement of Henry Kissinger. Uh, Chile was another one in which Salvador Allende was a democratically elected socialist leader. Augusto Pinochet invaded them, I, in, not invaded, but took over the government. And between his several decades-long rule, he fundamentally altered the system and killed about 3,000 people. Um, you had the United States that invaded Grenada in, in 1983. In addition, in the ninth, in addition, the Brazil actually was under a blatantly fascist dictatorship under the U.S. that the U.S. most certainly propped up. So, the, and the uh, military dictatorship in Brazil started in 1964. By the way. So there's some background on those. So the United States has a long history of supporting regime change in South America, and ultimately the only people that suffer from it are the people of those South American countries. Hmm. Democracy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's weird that, uh, you know, going back to Trump, 
and how, you know, during the campaign, a lot of the times he would be saying a lot of this anti-war stuff that a lot of presidential candidates, you know, do say that usually end up winning like Bush, but, you know, Bush and Obama before him, you know, with Bush saying, you know, humble foreign policy and Obama, you know, with all his anti-war rhetoric as well. But with Trump, you know, it really seemed because I guess he wasn't a politician or whatever. It seemed like maybe this was going to be the time that it was actually going to happen. I don't know if that was going to, you know, if it was true or not or whatever, but just in terms of what he was saying, maybe it was going to happen this time. But it's just weird that at least with this situation, it seems like he's getting the, I don't know about, I guess the wrong information because, you know, John Bolton and a lot of his other security advisors are telling him we need to do this. But you know that there has to be something or someone that's telling him you need to do this or, or something, because it's just weird that, you know, with the whole Syria, Afghanistan, you know, I want to get troops out of there because why are we there? But with Venezuela, maybe he's seen it as a business opportunity. So I'm kind of wondering, you know, why you think he's going along with this plan. You know what you just said, that it's a business opportunity is exactly what's happening here. Don. Donald Trump wasn't a non-interventionist candidate. He explicitly stated that he was going to, quote, bomb the shit out of ISIS. Yeah. So there's there's something very clear. He's not a non-interventionist. However, if you want to if you want to find a person that has a similar foreign policy model to Donald Trump, it would be Andrew Jackson. Mm. Andrew Jackson was not against intervention. He was against intervention when he believed that America had nothing to gain from it. So North Korea, Syria. Ultimately, Donald Trump believes that America has nothing to gain by having a military presence in those areas. Same with Afghanistan, as the fact that we're cutting that in half right now. However, um, by Bolton's own words, Venezuela has oil, and that is a quite the business opportunity. That's something that the United States can gain from. So it, I'm not, I don't agree with this foreign policy position, but it makes sense why he holds these beliefs, because at the core of it, he is a Jacksonian in terms of foreign policy. Yeah, that does make sense. And thinking about what you were just saying, yeah, he does say that a lot. If, you know, for if America does have anything to gain, gain from it, then, you know, why are we there? Like, like you were saying with North Korea and Syria and Afghanistan. So, yeah, it does make sense. Right. There's a reason why America first was one of his mottos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the people's react, you know, some of the people's reaction to all of this is interesting, especially among libertarians, because there are some libertarians who are okay with this, but it's mainly because, you know, socialism is evil. So even, even with that said, because of course we do believe that socialism is evil, but even with that, you know, who gives us the right to kind of force our hand upon people who may or may not want it, you know? I mean, look at how it's going on in the Middle East. I mean, those countries still look like shit, you know? So, yeah, you know, I mean, all the intervention we're doing over there is doing wonders for them. I mean, I they and they keep saying that, you know, especially with a lot of the neocons, why we should be there is because ISIS is going to continue growing. Well, yeah, they're going to continue growing because we're over there killing their people, you know? So what? how is this situation going to be any different, you know? It it's not going to be. And here's one thing to libertarians who support this intervention for some odd reason. So if the American deep state is involved with it, it's probably a bad thing right off the bat. But even if you don't buy that argumentation, let's just talk about how we're going to pay for this regime change. It's going to be your tax dollars. If you're a libertarian, you believe that taxation is theft and it is not okay to steal from someone in order to prop up a regime that you support. 
That is not okay in any sense of the word whatsoever. If you want to be in compliance with libertarianism and go help the revolution in Venezuela, pack up your guns, buy some food and shelter, go over there yourself and have that thing. Don't force me to pay for it. And I highly doubt that any libertarian is actually going to take me up on that offer. So basically, if you don't like it, then just move to Venezuela. <laughs> basically. <laughs> like, you know, the joke, you know, why don't you just move to Somalia or the new one that we've heard recently? <laughs> then why don't you move to Antarctica? <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, but it is weird, to, like you're saying, that li some libertarians are actually okay with this. But um, And then, of course, there are some, the, the neocons are okay with this. But then, of course, some of the... The socialists are like, well, we shouldn't be doing this. So it's kind of weird how you have some of these like strange bedfellows where you're agreeing with socialists and communists in terms of their, you know, the the anti-war politics. And I think this is one of them. Um, yeah, absolutely. I have I have no problem with the socialist having their own system as long as it's far away from me. And I'd say Venezuela is far away from me, so they can go ahead and govern themselves however they want. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so, are there any reactions to this that kind of just blew your mind or someone that you you don't have to name names but is there someone that you you like or you respect and you go wow i'm actually surprised you have this opinion about this you know i haven't actually seen anyone that i really have a cloud of respect for come in and openly endorse united states intervention in it if there's anyone that you know of you can feel free to say him but like the thing that really this reminds me of a a story about a personal friend of mine. Um, I'm not going to reveal his name, but back in 2006, he was in the National Guard and his unit got called to serve in Iraq. And he believed it to be an unconstitutional order. And he emailed a legal advisor with the Cato Institute. And the Cato Institute individual essentially said that it is 100% constitutional for the president to go to order people to go into Iraq, which honestly blew my mind in so many ways because one, like, I've never had much respect for the Cato Institute anyway. I've always seen them as milquetoast libertarians, but I never would expect to see them go so far as to defend the war in Iraq. So, like, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they're going to be defending this as well. I, I, I'm not going to say that they're going to because I don't know what they will do. Yeah. But that's just something that it reminds me of. That's something that, that surprised me. And the person, the uh, legal advisor for the Cato Institute was uh, Roger Pylon. Hmm, okay. Have you seen anyone that you respect saying that they support intervention in Venezuela? I've just seen mostly conservatives and some libertarians, like just not like any big names or anything, just saying like, oh, but we need to oppose socialism. So this is a good thing. Oh, and okay. then, yeah. And then I see a lot of um, uh, conservatives saying that uh, socialists or like the ones who I self-identify as socialists in the United States or democratic socialists, uh, that they're just saying that because they're defending socialism, which isn't really the point. <laughs> so, right now, the people that did not surprise me at all were the neoconservative establishment. It, it's funny because the neoconservative establishment really are fair weather friends to Donald Trump. Whenever, whenever he declared that he's leaving Syria, you had Marco Rubio going in saying, oh, this will 
hopefully get you in peace. You had the Reagan mm-hmm. battalion saying that this is going to cause the next 9-11, you know, <laughs> if American intervention isn't what caused 9-11 in the beginning. Right. So, but then you have this move with Venezuela. Marco Rubio came out to defend him. Uh, the Democratic leader of the House of Representatives came out and defended him for this as well. So did Jeb Bush. The neoconservative establishment goes in both parties, and they're all defending him on this one. Wow, I guess Donald Trump needs to declare more war or something. Then maybe he'll have 100% approval rating in Congress. <laughs> well, maybe not yeah. 100%, but you know what I mean. <laughs> well, wartime presidents tend to be popular, unfortunately. Yeah, that is that is true. Um, well, we really appreciate you coming on uh, the show, TJ. So again, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you again. <laughs> thank you very much. But before we move on, this episode is sponsored by Libertarian Country for all of your political merchandise needs. If you want to get a t-shirt, a beer cozy, books or mugs, bottle openers, bumper stickers, mouse pads, and tote bags, and a bunch of other really cool stuff. So... Use our promo code HAPA, that's H-A-P-A, all caps, for 10% off your order at checkout. Again, HAPA for 10% off your order. And that concludes our interview with T.J. Roberts of the Liberty Institute of Freedom and Economics, a.k.a. LIFE. Yeah, uh, again, thanks to T.J. for joining us. And uh, yeah, that's going to be it for this episode. Hopefully we made some sense of it, so yeah. If you like this episode, be sure to rate us um, a good rating on iTunes. Yes, please. That would very much help us. We would very much appreciate the support. Very much. With very much support. I mean, we very much like the support. Forget it. Trump says that a lot in his tweets. He's like, I very much are very much looking forward to. Very much looking forward to. It's like, all right. (laughs) Very much. Yeah. All right. That's it. Uh, We'll go ahead. That's it. We're ending it. Yeah. See you later. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Now you know what's happening. Thanks for listening. If you want to support the show, go to hapasupremacy.com and follow our social media. Have a great day.